0: Welcome to episode four of the We Need Crew podcast. I am your host, Scott Howarth. Our guest this week is someone that encompasses production and logistics with EDM, from towering infernos to hot-footing a flight to Brazil and back in just one day. It's certainly an interesting chat. Matty talks us through his company, Nocturnal Touring and Rooted Productions. We're going to keep it super short and sweet and simple this week for the intro. Make sure you check out all the Weenie Crew socials, get on the website and order some merchandise. The profits all go into the fund and do not forget to get your Niall Horan tickets for the show in the coming week. That's going to be absolutely fabulous. It's selling really, really well. Let's get it sold more and more and more. But for now, sit back and enjoy our chat with the one and only Matty Evans. So, today we're speaking with Matty Evans, all about his role in live music and putting on some incredible productions that encapsulate audiences worldwide. His work with his company, Nocturnal Touring and Rooted Production, has organised shows in the middle of the English Channel, on top of the O2 Arena and the UK's first ever socially distant music festival. Matty, welcome to the Weenie Crew podcast.
1: Thanks. That's probably uh, the best introduction I've ever had.
0: It's <laughs> de- definitely a bickle, but I think you've got to do that at the start anyway. Thanks. So, so you tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Uh, I'm a production manager. We run a company, as you said, called Nocturnal Touring, uh, Rooted Productions. Um, we do multiple gigs and productions across the world with multiple artists. Um, yeah we've designed some really cool shows and run some really cool shows across the world
0: I've had a chance to at least go on the website um, Nocturnal Touring and I see a lot of I see a lot of big production as well a lot of a lot of fire a lot of kind of like lasers a lot of kind of stuff and I take it most of your work with Nocturnal is based in EDM is that right?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah. We like to uh blow things up basically over here at Nocturnal. <laughs> <Touring>. <laughs> we we like to go as big as possible and and catch things on fire.
0: And how did you how did you even start Nocturnal? How did that even come about?
1: Oh, it's a long story. So, um I used to be a drummer uh, in a band um and then um I started to, um, you know, the band started to kind of break down a little bit, um, kind of didn't really see where I was going. Mm -hmm. Um, And the guy called Steve uh, Martin, he basically um, was looking after Westlife at the time. um, And he asked me if I wanted to be a production assistant. Um, and I was like, "Hmm, okay, let's uh, let's see how that is." <laughs> um, went on tour. Uh, first tour was in Asia for uh, two months. We did a UK tour as well, um, and then kind of Steve kind of moved on to do JLS, um, and the band asked me if I wanted to stay and look after the tour. Right. Uh, did that for another two years, and it kind of snowballed from there. Really, kind of getting the experience. Um, it was kind of very strange for me because obviously. Although I'd been in a band and done you know you know touring and stuff, I'd never actually you know looked after a band. So to be thrown in you know, at that kind of level and that kind of arena level, yeah. you know, it was quite a, quite an intense couple of years. But it was uh, it's you know it was it was amazing as well because I don't think you'd ever get that experience being thrown. It was almost you know getting thrown into the fire like that, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah.
0: You, you definitely didn't start. You definitely didn't start yeah. in, in clubs, did you? You went you went yeah. onto the big the big stuff straight away, really, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, what an opportunity. So. Um, Nocturnal, as as we as I kind of said at the start, you are saying about all these kind of big shows that were going on, like that's the creative process behind it. But it's also it's also way more, isn't it? Because you, as you just mentioned, you started off as a, being a production assistant yeah. and o- organising stuff, and Nocturnal does a lot of that as well, doesn't it? It's, it's production, yeah. um, assi- well, assisting a tour and getting a tour up and running, isn't it?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So I mean we- go on, go ahead yeah so we do like you know obviously you know if we've obviously been asked you know we do a lot of you know the designs and stuff for our own bands that we look after so if you know if a band has a big show you know we're obviously do everything you know that you know that surrounds that show we do all the logistics you know we'll design the show we will build the show you know we'll crew the show you know uh you know kind of everything that kind of goes into that show you know we'll be involved with you know to look after it for our artists basically so yeah
0: and you've designed an up as well i believe
1: yeah, we well, I I actually can't take credit for that. It was actually my uh, my business partner who I joined, you know, two years or three years into uh, into doing uh, Nocturnal. she actually already had the app, and then we kind of developed it together. So she was uh, she was the genius behind that, but I kind of stole the credit.
0: <laughs> and you, and you use this throughout all your artists, do you?
1: yeah yeah all of our artists use it yeah so we we kind of did a, you know it started off being quite basic and then we kind of reached out to a lot of our artists and was like you know what would you improve what do you need on the road what do you want you know um and we kind of over the you know we've been together now nearly five years me and amy's business partners so uh over that five years we kind of honed it in terms of you know what you know kind of what works for the d it, it is kind of more you know aimed at more dance artists you know dj stuff rather than mm-hmm. full band tours so you know obviously um that's kind of our niche of where we do a lot of our work, so it kind of works for us and what we do.
0: Especially being um, under under the banner of Nocturnal and Rooted, it is it is yours, and you can also kind of. Like you say, get that feedback directly from artists straight away. Now, there's obviously another app that we all we all use a big a big name that we all use through it all, which is you know through uh, the desktop version and through the app version. But you can't really give them feedback towards that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can send an email. But I suppose with you, the 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 niche is there that they can be like, hey, Matty, would you think about adding this to the app? And then you can constructively go, all right, okay, that's something my artist wants, so I can do that
1: yeah no exactly I think you know having that uh, you know it's, it's, it's very difficult to kind of cater for everyone's needs because obviously everyone has different you know uh, needs and what they want on the road so it's kind of like Get a kind of overview, and then between us and the team, kind of working out, you know, what what we can and what we can't do, uh, to kind of suit everyone to make everyone happy. Because you know, some some needs are kind of quite far out there, and some are, you know, not. You know, some people don't need anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of trying to find that balance in between that, like keeps uh, you know everyone happy at the same time.
0: So nocturnal and rooted is it's a full package, really. Mm-hmm. It's a full yeah. package of production straight there. There, there we are. That's what you do. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean-
1: I mean, we do, you know, obviously, so we also, in in we have an in-house travel agency as well. So kind of, you know, it kind of splits. So Amy, my business partner, kind of runs the travel side of things. Um, so she does all the flights and kind of runs the, the travel agency with the girls and the guys and then I kind of run the production and tour management. Uh, we have an, like a, an advanced team that kind of advances a lot of tours um, and obviously all of our artists shows as well. So the company's kind of split in two and we kind of run it that way, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think there's a, it's, it's such an interesting thing. When I jumped on the website and was just even having a look around, I was like, there's a lot of interest in here somewhere. And also when you click on your projects, you break down the projects, especially to see what fixtures you used and what kind of pyro you used or, or anything like that. So it's quite it was quite interesting to even just look into the website, to be nice. honest. I really enjoyed it. So I mentioned right at the start in the intro about three, three shows that are quite different. You don't normally... Uh, you don't normally get them on a, on a run of the mill day, but going <laughs> but going through your projects as well, I saw there were some interesting shows with like Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. So how long have you been working with those guys?
1: So we did the, the Swedes Comeback uh, Tour last year, uh, which was, I think it was it ended up being about 23 shows in the end. Right. Um, so, yeah, we did that. Um, obviously, with COVID kind of happening, everything's kind of on hold. And I think the American leg, uh, you know, has been looked after by another team. But, yeah, we kind of run the European-UK leg, which was a, a pretty massive achievement, To you know, a great thing to be a part of.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you, do you tend to try and work with people that you really get on with or...
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's so important. I mean, like, you know, if you're going to do a show that big and, like, you know, you need to know and work with people that, you you know, you, you get on with, not only do you get on with, it, also you trust and work at that level, you know. So I think, you know, it's being surrounded by people that, you know, you can trust and, obviously, you, you, you work with and can also have fun with because, you know, them shows are super stressful, you know. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got that support of, like, a kind of family niche around you, it makes it a, a little less stressful, although they, them shows were very stressful. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean the one—the the one that I saw was like the uh, the headline at Creamfield, and the size of the flames that I saw on the on the promo video for it—I was like, oof. I mean, I think you closed the stage, didn't you?"
1: Yeah, we closed the stage for the weekend. Um, I think we caused quite a lot of trouble that that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, um, yeah, I mean, we did. Uh, we tr- we we had this crazy idea of like we. Obviously, the guys in the band, you know, they 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 were massive on pyro, and they wanted to, every show needed to be bigger and better. Mm. We kind of had this crazy idea of you know doing this with like wall of flames. Um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty uh, pretty amazing moment. I think even the people on the other side of the festival felt the heat of the flames. So I, uh, I,
0: I felt it. Like I was just watching it. I, I, <laughs> I, I felt it through, through through YouTube, man. It was yeah. it was big, and uh, when I saw it, I mean, obviously knowing knowing about production myself, being in the industry, I know that once that kind of stuff set you out moving that stuff anyway so when when I read that it was a closed stage and I saw because you had like kinesis going on and all sorts didn't you yeah 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 so yeah it was it was quite an incredible looking show just Thank to even just just to even be part of that so you, you actually touched on something uh, a bit previous to that question and um, it was that right now COVID's kind of impacted everything that's going on obviously through our industry how was how has it come how has it impacted your schedule with everything that's been going on?
1: I mean, it's kind of it's kind of crazy for us. Obviously, you know, it, we I just come off a tour uh, in March with Jonas Blue. we were doing a UK tour, and we would just finished in Manchester, and we were about to drive on the bus and get a flight straight to Japan to do an arena tour part of the leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a call from the management saying, obviously, you know, that tour had been cancelled. You know, and as a company, we probably do about I don't know two hundred to three hundred shows a month, and we just started seeing from March to you know, and then suddenly from March onwards every single show had been cancelled, like, right, you know, kept just getting pushed and cancelled... And then, you know, we had a from a diary from going for 200 to 300 shows a month to absolutely zero. um, mm-hmm. was obviously quite a daunting uh, outlook. Um, so, especially, yeah, as I mean,
0: a, especially as a company doing 300 shows a month, did you say? Yeah,
1: and also, wow. like, you know, obviously we've got... I think the thing for us as well was, you know, after the kind of dust off because obviously from March to April we kind of had, obviously, with the travel side of things as well, you know, we are obviously people booked book flights in advance for tours so then obviously mm-hmm. airlines were like not giving refunds and we were trying to like you know obviously flip tours and you know then agents weren't really sure what was happening so they were like rebooking it for a month later then that was getting cancelled then we have to change all the routing and all flights so it was kind of like that first couple of months was kind of you know super like stressful because obviously you know we didn't really know what was happening you know and then obviously as the things materialized and it you know everyone kind of understood that you know this is a super serious thing um we kind of started to try and like you know plan of you know what we were going to do you know what was possible because obviously as you know i think everyone's finding at the moment the, the rules are changing so much as you know every week it seems to be a different rule so it's hard to kind of grasp where you kind of stand and what you're allowed to do now you know
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It, especially when you, you're managing so many shows or even when you're managing a tour, you know, if something falls out of place, you can quite easily or quite, you know, even though it's still stressful, put it back into place. But when when that whole ball kind of disintegrates in front of you, I, ca- I can't even imagine how stressful that is as a, as a production manager or a, or a tour manager to just deal with that. I mean, it must have been incredibly awkward to just all of a sudden start catching these pieces and, the pe- and more pieces are falling off. So it must have been incredibly stressful
1: yeah it, it it really was and it's still quite stressful now obviously you know we're still in the middle in the middle of it and you know still not allowed to do shows obviously we've done you know we've managed to be able to do you know some really cool stuff in in lockdown but you know obviously from a company standpoint we're, we're still you know still not operating or doing what we what we can and what we're allowed to do so obviously we're still in this uh kind of like you know lull of you know what what's next basically
0: yeah you as a company have you been Have you been eligible for any any support from the government?
1: yeah we were lucky enough to uh, to recently just receive a grant um, from from the Arts Council which is obviously a massive help for us you know mm-hmm. uh, it basically just helps us employ six of our people uh, you know we've had to let half of our staff go uh, unfortunately but uh, we've managed to keep six of our guys and girls on which is fantastic for us because we you know for us we can now just employ people to April um, and then obviously from there onwards just you know assess what's going to happen in See 2021 happen. you know
0: yeah yeah I mean there's, there's concept constant there's constant talk isn't there we saw quite a lot of the big worldwide promoters booking shows from January yeah. um, and then even last week I think it was this week we've we've seen things just get pushed back all of a sudden to October and now everything seems to be flying back to October because obviously April May is the start of festival season isn't it yeah so everyone's kind of like tiptoeing right now and and things are just keep getting pushed back too much but I think April's the point where we should be looking and be like okay let's see where we're at, at that point because yeah. we we just don't, I mean I think everyone looked at September and then all of a sudden September was on us and we were like right um yeah genu- what's January next? Nah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes.
1: I mean, I think everyone's obviously hopeful, you know, obviously, you know, you know, when obviously when it first started, you know, I don't think anyone realised, you know, the severity of, you know, of what was actually happening. And then obviously now, you know, I think everyone kind of understands. And, you know, I think the government have obviously said to us now, you know, you know, till March, you know, they you know, assess it in March. So, you know, I think everyone now, all the companies are just kind of, damage control until that point you know what i mean and that's i think that's the only thing you can really do is you know just take each month by month try and get through and then um, you know when it when it comes to something where the government can make a call then we'll go from there it?
0: yeah so i mean through it all you've you didn't sit on your ass through through this neither you kind of managed everything that's been going on with your company but at the same time you were uh, you managed to organize the first the uk's first ever social distant festival didn't you
1: yeah I mean it was actually so we we got hired in by the production company um, um, one of my mates Robin she uh, had this crazy idea she worked up, up at this uh, it was quite it's quite an amazing place it's like uh, this um, it's like private estate kind of that holds very high end weddings uh, up in Lancashire um, and she kind of had this idea to kind of put this you know this festival together and she kind of asked us if we wanted to come in and do the production and kind of like help you know manage it a little bit so yeah we we, we come in and we had a couple of weeks leadway. that was all we had so we you know kind of designed the stage because uh, they the difficulty was they wanted to do kind of cinemas and Bands and DJs and stuff like that. So we had sure. uh, we had like a, uh, offset side screen for the cinema days, and then obviously a stage uh, as well for for the uh, obviously bands and performances that also were happening as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we basically just um, are kind of like. Just contacted all my DJs and all my artists, and you know, obviously, just trying to throw something back to everyone because you know they, no one's been working, even the artists haven't been working, you know. So we kind of, we kind of contacted them and see if they wanted to do it, you know. And everyone was kind of really up for it because obviously, everyone by this point had like you know not done any gigs for three mm. or four months, you know. So um mm. yeah, it was kind of it's kind of nice to be involved with that, you know. Where you could kind of like give something back, and obviously with the bars and all the stuff, I think you know, she ended up employing like 140 people for like oh. 10 weeks or something. So, oh, did, so,
0: so, so, did it go on for a while, or was it just a weekend? Yeah, it especially? went on
1: for it went on from, from uh, July to September, yeah, right, fantastic. So, yeah, so I think they did like a 100 and 130 shows in nine weeks, or mm. something something crazy like that. So, wow. yeah. They, they, oh. they went, they went, uh, I've never known anyone put on a three-month festival, so they did a great job.
0: I mean, <laughs> they, kind of, they kind of took festival season and went, we are the yeah. festival season. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of amazing because obviously, you know, it kind of like, you know, uh, uplifted, uplifted a lot, of, you know, a lot of people, you know, employed a lot of people and, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a very nice event you know obviously during the week like i said it had cinemas and then they had like the Ibiza orchestra mm. on the fridays and then obviously the djs was saturdays and then they kind of had this like pub beer garden and then when the weather changed they kind of changed it to some other stuff so they, you know they were really uh, they were really on the ball and you know they really smashed it so they you know hats off
0: yeah it sounds like they were they were the forefront of it as well it, obviously being the first but um I mean, even the bigger companies, you know, like, I think one of the first things I saw was like Butlins and, and well, I can't remember what the hotel chains call, but they were doing outside gigs, but this has already happened Ju- July to September. That was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah, June, yeah, no. yeah.
1: yeah. No, she did a good job.
0: So with your cre- cause you being quite a creative guy, I assume from all these kind of different events and your company being very creative as well. Um, how are you, how are you moving forward? Are you doing a lot more live streams at the moment, Matty?
1: yeah so we got involved um, after you know kind of the festival stuff and that was kind of running we, we kind of like started to you know to obviously we, you know we did productions and we saw a lot of these streams going out you know and I kind of thought to myself oh, you know we you know, we got the artists to do that we can kind of like you know reach out and start you know potentially doing that so yeah we did a couple we did um, you know a really cool one for Jonas Blue and then we got approached by a band called Solado or DJ's called Solado to do their DJ mag stream mm-hmm. um, we've done we've done one virtual world now um which is quite an interesting thing we did uh, where you film on the green screen obviously then our video company kind of made this whole virtual sequence which was amazing um and yeah we've just been doing these like you know one-off like streams we just did um last week we just did the, the production for all the defected for we make events they're doing this like um, stream that kind of helps promote um give money back to the industry so we kind of like did everything for free uh, went down there run it build it designed it everything worked on it for free just to kind of like help yeah. out and give everything back so yeah no it's, it's been wicked like there's been like a, a few these little stream things like you know they kind of there's that like, they're not very often they don't make you know hardly any money but they like they kind of keep your sanity if that makes sense it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know keep, keep you going and keep you like thinking oh, I'm, I'm doing this is what i love this is what i'm doing so like it, you know it, it helps you sometimes
0: how, how do you so d- do you do you enjoy doing the live streams? Is it is it an, another facet for you to like be coming in with um because obviously you're having to come in with like you know directors now, aren't you? When you do, when you're managing these live streams to try and get the the effects, the creative that you want, but also it look good on camera at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for us, uh, you know, anything that's like in, in music and anything we get to build a design, you know, I love doing. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, sometimes we've been quite lucky on ours because obviously, you know, we've kind of been, I work with a, t- a team, um, uh, a, a, a very good designer as well called Sam Tozer and a company called Boxcat. Um, and they're quite creative. They kind of run the creative for most of our streams and the designs and stuff. So for us, you know, we've been quite lucky and we've had, the, uh, you know, Nocturnal, was kind of build, been like the production, the logistics and build and they kind of like, the kind of creative so we haven't really had that kind of outside um interference because we kind of all okay. work as a team so it's, it's actually worked out quite nicely for us
0: yeah yeah fantastic so you so your company's is, is, you know as the more you talk about it the, the bigger i'm kind of seeing the scope of what what nocturnal and rooted is now it's getting it's, it's encapsulated everything isn't it really what what i find interesting about about these live streams and i was talking to some other guests about this who we're going to hear in the future is that You know, when we start doing festivals, when we start doing these live shows now, especially on a bigger scale, there's always a screen. There's always some kind of direction going on now. There's always some kind of like video recording going on. And we're kind of bringing that into the live stream now. And I mean, how many many live streams have you watched personally that you've not just been involved in? And do you still get excited about the music, just watching the music as opposed to being there in that environment?
1: Um, I mean I you know I obviously like you know for me you know I kind of, get enjoyment from you know obviously watching the designs of the other people come up with you know so for me it's more kind of like you know I'd like look at someone else's stream and kind of like think oh you know that's super cool you know you know or someone who would do something in like a really cool location or you know I think oh you know that kind of get my brain ticking I was like oh you know what cool location could you know could we like pitch to someone or what could we do that's that you know kind of like that you know so obviously dance music you know I you know I love dance music that's why you know we do that you know that that genre you know so mm-hmm. I think it's more for me from a production standpoint is like kind of trying to think of like you know outlandish things like you know where can we do you know a stream that's going to blow people's minds or where what you know what production can we do it we you know we give so mm. it lo- you know it looks amazing more so, than like kind of like you know
0: so when you watch something instead of watching it for, for the musical artist as such even though you enjoy the music what you're doing as a creative you're constantly pulling pulling from that you're constantly taking influence from that
1: yeah, and getting jealous <laughs> if someone if someone does something better than me, I'm like, oh, yeah. So,
0: I mean, th- I'm I'm not grounded in in dance music or EDM or anything like that, but you know, one thing for me is that whenever you watch Ultra Festival, that's yeah. kind of like when when the cat comes out the bag on most things, isn't it? You, that's where you look and go, whoa, that's what the EDM world's doing, or you know, yeah. all the other all the other major festivals at the time. I mean, the EDM festivals are just. Production wise, I just, my, my mind gets blown. I've got a few friends who, who work with various different people like Zed and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're constantly, every little snippet that I might see of an Instagram story, I'm like, how have they got that production in that club and yeah. they've got it turned around in 10 minutes? How have you done that? that's that's yeah. insane
1: yeah you know? it is uh, it is pretty crazy some of the stuff that you know for you know some of the stages and stuff that come out for you know that we play on the stuff you, you know even like you know the EDCs and like you mentioned their ultras it's just like sometimes you turn up and you're like Oh my god. <laughs> how have you fitted that many lights in the States, you know? So well,
0: that's it. And especially like I say, when we when I visited Nocturnal and Routine website, um the first thing was was that Creamfields and I was just like, those flames are just mega like and I could see like the moving circles and the kinesis, and I was just like, whoa, yeah. there's so much going on there. So one thing that I've that I found on your Instagram, which I was like, was how has he done that? Um was you did Spitbank Fort, which is um, yeah. a little fort in the English Channel, and you did that with Pendulum.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was uh, last month. I'm still recovering from the loadout. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine.
0: There is, I'll tell you what, right, you've, you've kind of done a lot there. I mean all right we, we live we live in england right which is not always the best thing for weather you said you did it last month which again yeah. is like towards the end of summer yeah and you do it in the english channel which is the busiest like transport hub isn't it for ships like yeah you know what what even inspired you to do that
1: well, so uh, again, uh, we got contacted by uh, so the band basically, obviously, uh, haven't released kind of anything for you know I think it was ten years so they you know since their last album so they're just recording an album so uh, obviously their logo is a circle so mm-hmm. their management kind of come up to us and said look you know we've got this crazy idea we want to do this gig in this in the sea on this fault and mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you think and I was like I don't know I need to go and see it mm-hmm. so uh, we uh, we all kind of went did a site recce on it and it was just you know obviously as you said Spitbank Fort was this amazing fault I didn't actually know it even existed um, and it's it's actually a hotel which is crazy oh, right. Oh, right. so okay. it's like you know it's like you go there and it's like this different world it's like a proper high-end <laughs> hotel which is like blew my mind mm-hmm. um, so yeah so we went there to the site recce uh, we decided we we're going to do the gig um, and then kind of from there we kind of worked out exactly you know how we were going to do it basically which was uh, a lot of logistics <laughs> yeah
0: I mean you you, you, you seem to have quite a lot of fixtures on there there was a lot of smoke going on which we, we'll touch on in a minute which was super super interesting and you had fireworks going out there and then even the footage to even film that like you can't just go I'm just going to step a little bit further back just to get this shot because yeah you're in, you're in the sea so how, how did you even manage like how did I mean was it was it all was it all nocturnal and rooted that kind of encompassed all of that
1: no, nah, so we so basically the uh, the band had got a show designer. He's called Andy Hurst. Um, he basically obviously designed you know obviously the the show and kind of we obviously you know ran it on the day of production. Um, a company called ER Lasers did the lasers. I think that we, the 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 problem with it was that made it so difficult is that obviously it was like smack bang in the middle of like. Covid, so um, we were only allowed, uh, you know, obviously um, minimal amount of people, so we weren't allowed any local crew. <laughs> so um, basically, we had to kind of do it ourselves. So there was twelve of us, mm. so um, and it was four point eight tons worth of kit. So yeah, it was quite intense. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, you're not reversing a couple of trucks up to that, are you?
1: No, we we had this. Um, we kind of had this like a. Uh, it was this like really small boat. And we basically had to do loads on the boat, but the boat could only take a ton, or I think it was, a, it, was a, it was either a ton or 12 people. Yep. But obviously, you know, for us, it was like so. We did in the end, we did 12 trips, uh, and each trip it was two miles out, two miles back. But then obviously, you have to get up five floors of the the fault. <laughs> So uh, we had to carry it up. There was a stairwell out the side and there was also a lift. So we kind of, a crane, we lifted some stuff that was obviously heavy and then obviously everything else, like single-handedly, you know, we had to unpack every single light. We couldn't take no mm. flight cases. So every light had to be, t- like, taken all the way to the top. It was uh, it was brutal.
0: How, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's good that it's actually an active running hotel because I, I just thought it was just an old fort that was, like, disused. Yeah. And I was like, they've got to get Jenny's there. They've got to get all sorts going there. Um, yeah. So I take it there was a there was a there was a dock for the boat. Then
1: it no, wasn't no, just it was, it, well it was like a it was they they got this like staircase and then uh like a, a staircase comes down to the to the the dock but it's not a proper dock it's just like a one person like space so so, basically... so the boat's
0: going up and down and you're yeah, trying yeah yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Trying where, you're to... Trying
1: to, where you're trying to got a strobe onto the onto the staircase <laughs> yeah it so uh, it's interesting yeah
0: and how did you pick the day because um i mean you must have been looking at you know the meteorology and, and everything yeah what we was were going looking on.
1: at the weather we were looking at the weather and it was like we we basically we penciled two dates um and then the other one didn't turn to be so good and we were so lucky it was like the most amazing day it was like sunny the wind was low um and it yeah it was just like it was just like perfect because obviously you know everything had to be out of the cases you know mm. so like if you're trying to go across the sea in you know in the rain and stuff everything's going to get ruined so it was it worked out absolutely amazing so we were well lucky
0: that was the, the the biggest thing that i mean again knowing a little bit about production i was like how the hell has he got nailed that day where it's not raining. It's and yeah, the, it's the sea doesn't the sea doesn't look that bad. And then, you know, you've obviously got lasers, which kind of need smoke to go through. Yeah. And then, you know, you're pluming out smoke. And I'm like, but you're on the outside, like on a stage. You've got at least got three walls, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so the on the outside, um, in in the center, there was like obviously it was like a a circle, but obviously it was built up. So then on the Mm -hmm. top, obviously we had most of the light. So in the middle section, we you know we put a load of smoke hazers, and then obviously we had the lasers kind of shining up through that. So that then kind of walls kind of helped us like kind of keep the smoke in. And you know the wind out there was actually all right. It was not too. uh, If you stood in the edge, you might get blown off. But yeah, it was it was not too bad. Oh, like even (laughs) just
0: even just thinking about it, like I just I just would have loved to see in your face when you went. So we're thinking of doing a show in the middle of the in the middle of this yeah. channel, and you're like,
1: "What?" You, you know what? It was it was funny because like on on the on the return, the guy that owned the boat was like, "Why why are you doing so many trips on the on on, the, on this boat?" He's like, "I've got a barge that's seventy feet. You could have done it all in one." But he only he only said it on the eleventh trip, yeah. and I'm like, "Hang on a minute!" So I've, I've been here all day loading this in for nine hours, and you've just said you could have done it in one trip. But you know lessons learned we did it on the barge on the way back the next day so yeah. nice.
0: so how, long, how many days were you on the fort?
1: So we did uh, we did a full day so we did uh, well I got there at 7 a.m and we finished at 1 a.m mm-hmm. uh, so it was a pretty pretty long day and then the next day we went back <laughs> at seven um, and we loaded out to about midday. So, yeah, it was a couple of days. So. And you,
0: st- you stayed on the fort overnight?
1: nah we weren't allowed to stay on the fort. Um, so, we stayed at just a lo- local hotel locally and then got the right. boat in the morning. Yeah, oh, so. that
0: would have been a touch, that, if you got all the gear I know, there. And just... I know,
1: but you know what, though? It was well spooky, so I didn't fancy it. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. spooky, mate.
0: i tell you what, it sounds like the best place to be when there's this COVID yeah. stuff going on. You could Trust just me, yeah. you could just
1: you be know? there, locked down on there, and then that's yeah, exactly. it. No one's getting all, you there. got all, then... the, all the facilities there. you got a pool table there, you know? It that's good. It, uh, <laughs> so, have you, have you worked with Pendulum? for a while yeah so I did uh, so when I when I left Westlife I went to work with Knife Party which is their kind of like mm-hmm. second band um, and then we went to Pendulum again did their return uh, Ultra and then I had a couple of years out because it was so intense. And then I've recently gone back. Uh, so I've been a castman for a year now. But obviously, we we're meant to do a load of headline festival shows this year. Mm-hmm. But obviously, uh, our little friend COVID ruined that, you know, so.
0: So have you got any more creative shows? Uh, well, ment- not creative, just mental money. Have you got any more different kind of shows that you're doing like that? Is that something that you always try and do, try and get like a statement show like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we got we always like seem to like you know get called and stuff. Like we, I think the, you know the next couple of months is going to be you know a little bit different because obviously I think you know obviously as we get, draw to the end of the year, kind of people kind of like tail off and stuff, you know. So I think we got got a couple more streams and stuff, but I think you know moving into next year, you know, uh, we've got a potential tour. You know, again the, the tour that we're going to do for Japan is in April now, so you know we've got a really cool design for that for Jonas. Um, so yeah, I think we're just like you know we've got some really cool ideas for some streams and stuff but um whether they come off or not is uh, you know another thing i think people are kind of conscious about you know budgets and you know spending money at this time because they kind of don't know what's happening in you know 2021 and stuff so i think you know we always get asked like you know when we got called to do the show on top of the O2 arena that was pretty crazy mm-hmm. um you know and some other bits and pieces you know
0: and there's only from from my recollection there's only one of the acts that's ever done that yeah so
1: that's going to be do you know super why? interesting because the loading was loading and load out is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. Everyone, looks, everyone, everyone goes there, looks at it, and is like, nah, it's
0: all you know, good. You know, there's a venue inside, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was shut, so, so we <laughs> thought, you know what, it's shut. We're going to do it on top. <laughs>
0: that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's quite, it's quite interesting though. Like, I'd love, I love kind of seeing stuff like that. I'm, I don't know if you've seen the um, Jägermeister. Is it like gig, gig in the ice and stuff like that? Have you seen that stuff? No, no. Is it cool? It's it's interesting, like, a band I used to work for, they did a, it was like jump out of a helicopter, uh, like, skydive out of a helicopter for the music video it's yeah. like it's like frozen gigs or something like that and then another one who's um who's kind of edme um a, a band called mode step you might yeah, have heard of i
1: know Mode step yeah so
0: those guys they were on a net in on top of a, on top of a peak and they patty was playing his drums and josh was playing everything and singing you know, singing away live it was it was mental no. to be fair just have, have a little google of it you might you might enjoy it next minute we'll yeah. be there You'll be up there, have
1: a, yeah. I'll be like, right. okay I'm jealous of that. I'm going to do something over there, you know, say different.
0: What, what I've got is two planes coming together, and we're going to yeah. build a bridge between them. <laughs>
1: exactly. 60 foot flames. Yeah. Nice. Isn't yeah, yeah, mate. Nice. It's got to be crazy, otherwise it's not worth doing, is it? Well, you know? you know,
0: you know what? I think the the way production's gone, and man, just like I said, looking at your stuff, like it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and more enthralling and throwing and throwing and throwing. And to see different different events like on Spitbank Four, and and and. Just Just stuff like that. It's just absolutely incredible to see. And visually, I mean, right now we can't go to shows. So why not just like watch something in the middle of the English Channel when there's nothing else to do? I think when it comes back, it's going to draw people in. Did you see Pendulum do that? Did you see in Swedish Mafia yeah, I Yeah, so. I, think,
1: I think I think that's the whole point. I mean, like, you know, obviously, you know, you know, we're, we're obviously, you know, you know, there is obviously a cost implication, but at the same time, it's like kind of like, you know, we want to try and like, you know, keep at that level of like, you know, when we do our big shows and they're like crazy, people obviously know, you know, Swedes are doing crazy shows and Pendulum's production shows are amazing as well, you know, so it's like mm. when you want to do the stream, you want to kind of keep it at that kind of level of like, what you were doing at the kind of when we were doing all doing gigs, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, um, you 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 mentioned his name a few times. You've um, you've been working with Jonas Blue for quite a while now, haven't you?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's been he's been going to all sorts. He's he's had a few guests with quite a lot of oh, very talented artists, very talented singers that I've seen. And his name's yeah. just always been one that's popped up on pop music as well. So he's yeah. he's bridging that gap between um, pop and EDM now, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, like we, you know, we started looking after him about 4 years ago and like, you know, obviously released, you know, his single and stuff and uh he started, you know, kind of snowball pretty quick and um you know I kind of jumped on to you know doing his tour management and kind of production management and then yeah we've been there uh, we've been doing some mad stuff I mean he kind of he, he tours harder than anyone I kind of know mm. I kind of went from it was weird I went from Knife Party and Pendulum who were doing like 200 shows a year for five years and then I was like I'm burnt out I need to take some time out and then I went had like six months out I was like oh my god I need to go back out <laughs> and mm. then I went back out and uh, did Jonas and he was doing like 250 shows a year mm. so it was like you know. It the first two or three years was quite intense and then we had like a kind of slow period where like we were both kind of really burnt out and we're just like you know we're doing like rolling into like these massive shows like you know every day was just like another day you know of massive shows and it was you know it just got to the point where it's just like right okay we need to now like work out like you know what the next step for for him is in terms of like you know getting him his own kind of identity uh, and other bits and pieces you know
0: Mm-hmm. yeah 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 so I mean the, the, the contrast of the world between pop and, and uh, EDM and, and dance music and stuff
1: like that is that you do so many shows yeah I mean the tour is relentless it's like because obviously you know with bands and stuff obviously you know we've done loads of bands and stuff but it's obviously you know you've got loads of kit to get to there you know logistics you know you've got you know backline and stuff so sometimes you can't do these like hop gigs where you know you know you can't fly from one place to another and you can't get there and do the gig you know you obviously have to get there day before you know whereas DJs obviously you know you can roll in you know we did crazy stuff like you know we flew from like Perth to Miami in a day you know and you do like you know your flight we flew to Brazil for the day and flew home you know just like 13 hour flight do the gig and then fly home again just like mad stuff you wouldn't even think about you know and it's like you know you do like five six times to America in a month you know go back and forth but play like shows in Europe like you know in between I I think like two years ago I think it was I did 1.1 million miles just on BA wow so it's just like you know it's like that's but it's it, fun yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing like you know I wouldn't change it you know it's obviously that's like when you get used to that kind of fast pace and you know it's like that exciting it's like it's like a drug almost it's, it's like that you know Yeah, I can imagine. It, it's, it's, it's
0: amazing so when we talk about festival season suppose for you like it's the season of, of um of like, even the Spanish islands and stuff like that. And then obviously the ultra festivals and stuff like that. So yeah. you, where, whereas we might go, oh, you know, uh, in in the rock and pop world, which is mainly where I work, we would go, okay, now this year we're doing Europe, UK festivals. Yeah. But really, you, you're doing worldwide festivals pretty much every year and and, and slots in like say in Ibiza or, or like Mexico and stuff like that. You're just shooting around the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had we had like uh, 2019. We had a residency at Ibiza with Jonas, so every Sunday we had to be in Ibiza. So no matter where we were in the world, like so, we did a Japan tour, and then we had to be back in Ibiza. Uh, the next, so, so we finished Japan on a Friday night, flew Saturday morning, and then we flew Dubai. Uh, to, oh, I can't remember what it was, in Summit Connection and into Spain. And then we landed at like midnight and had to play at 2 a.m. Mm. after 18 hours of flying. So, yeah, like we would just do like, you know, the most craziest routing you, you know, you've know you ever seen just to get to these gigs, you know, all over the place, you know. And like, oh, to, the, to the maddest locations, you'd just be like, what? I've never even heard of that, you know. <laughs> and there's like 20,000 people like jumping up and down in the field, you know. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> you,
0: you didn't even know you got there. You're just like, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly, where are we like, tomorrow? Brazil, right, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. all, all days, you know. Sometimes when the guy at the gates like, you know, where have you just come from? And you're like, I actually have no idea, mate. Where, where <laughs> were you yesterday, mate? Yeah, I can't yeah, exactly. Tell you. Yeah. Can't yeah. Tell you, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So what? So a couple of things we, we do on the on the Weedy we Crew podcast is we like you to tell us like a, a story from your experience on the road. And it sounds like that you've got quite a few experiences yeah. from the road. Do yeah. you have any
1: stories that you'd like to tell us? Uh, I've got a quite a few funny ones but yeah there's. Uh, we was in Ibiza we'd just been on like a really brutal tour run um, and I'd just been got to bed super happy and uh, I got a call from one of the band and he said oh you know the guy's out of the balcony not going to mention names and, mm. um, and he was like and I was like what do you mean he's like oh you need to come to my room ASAP so I'm like oh it's just like 4am or something so get out up to the room and uh, I go out through the room into the balcony one of the guys from the band is hopped across every single balcony (laughs) on the outside of the hotel so I'm like oh my god but the balconies are in like you can walk through them basically so I'm like super tired so I'm like trying to get through like all the balconies but then as as I'm trying to get him to come back all these people are now coming out on their balconies, trying to yeah. trying to fight him. So then I'm trying to pretend I'm security. So I'm shouting across the balcony. Then I wake up the whole hotel, oh, just man. trying to just trying to get the artist back from the thing. So finally getting back, like get him in the room. Management knocking on the door. You got to leave the hotel. Can't have you here. Like then trying to talk down the the, the thing. The artists kicking off. It was just like uh, just all crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. It's just like, just like mad stuff. And like you know, we you know we we once got we landed in China and we 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 canceled a gig the year before and um, we went back to play for a different promoter. And but we had we had a visa, a, a B visa but the other promoter didn't like it so he basically grassed us up to the police so, oh. the, so the police come to our hotel and uh, with the promoter and the promoter was like oh look you know it's fine you know give me your passports like you're getting back after the gig or whatever I'm like alright it's fine you know give the, give the police the passports we didn't really have much choice and then um, we did the gig <laughs> and then I'm after the gig I'm like I was getting married in five days time I was like Where, where's where's my passport mate and he's like oh you need to go to the police station so we go to the police station we get a Arrested for having oh, the wrong wrong visa, so I'm reading my wife going, babe, like, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a cell. I had to sign this uh, this document in Chinese with my thumb in red, a print it on, my, on this letter. I Didn't understand a word it said. It could have been anything, and uh, yeah, I ring my wife going, "Oh yeah, like I'm not might not make the wedding because uh, you know I'm in prison in China. <laughs> Jesus. Just, just, just crazy stuff, yeah. But yeah, I mean the kind the
0: kind of stuff that happens on the road, especially being a tour manager, you are called upon to yeah. be to be that savior, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, you know, we've done stuff like we got off to do this gig in the Maldives um, on this private island. It was the maddest gig ever. And uh, we we basically landed, we had to get this boat to this other island and this guy had hired this whole island. And uh, he basically, it was 55 villas on it and he basically hired them all out. But he turned one of the villas into a club. Mm. And the whole thing was like, You go in there. It was actually a proper nightclub. It was like, hang on a minute, how has this even happened? Um, You know, and you just, you know, you got like all the security. They take all your phones and they take all your phones in there. It was like such a surreal thing, and like you know, you could do. You get a boat back to your place after. It was like you know anything you wanted to do, you could do. It was like just these mad experiences, and you're just sitting there, just like, is this like, is this real life? Do you know what I mean? It's like Um, it was, it was mad, but yeah.
0: Some people that would be one life. One one of those stories would be enough to get someone through life that and you've probably got hundred more of those stories that are very, very similar to that. Which yeah, is... just,
1: just some of them I can't tell though. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we, we, can, we can have absolutely
0: amazing highs in this business. Absolutely. I mean, at a time, at the time, I'm sure chasing that band member over the balconies was not a high. Do you know what I mean? No,
1: it's really not, not. Not when you ain't slept for three days. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. just but as yeah, you crawl
0: into your pit to get a better sleep.
1: But it, you know, you can also have, like you say, you know, like you can also have massively crashing lows as well. You know, so it's like that's the difference of our industry. It's like. You know, it's so up and down and you know obviously currently at the moment like I think everyone's kind of like you know, kind of really struggling. So anything we can kind of do is like you know massive massive for everyone, you know. Yeah,
0: I think I think through all what what you can't do in our industry is you can't keep a good you know, can't keep a good dog down because you know we're so creative in this industry, even if it's being the artist, if it's being the people behind their artists, like we're we're massively creative people and what's happening back, you know, in the back a month ago you was on the fort doing that. So straight away there's always creative ideas coming out of everyone. Which way the streams popping up every day? I've not yeah. got enough money to buy all these streams, and all of a sudden it's like stream, 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 and I'm like, oh, I've got to see this, got to see that, yeah. And it's just for me, it's it, we, we, you can't stagnate the creative response through the music industry, and I think that's something that that we are doing right now through it all. And as much as like you listen to the to the rubbish that's going on on TV and what the government are saying. We we pretty much don't listen to it. We will fight for it, but we'll just go. Do you know what? Like we're going to stand together, and that's what all these. It's important,
1: like you know, these streams and like all this stuff. You know, we're trying to do. You know, like even the defective stream the other day. You know, we we're doing is like you know, it's all for good cause. You know, it employs loads of people, and you know, also like you know, raises money for like to help people that are obviously you know struggling because there's like loads of us that're struggling. Like you know, even myself like massively struggling. Do you know what I mean? We're just trying to do it because you know we all need to get through as a collective rather than like you know. It's not about competition now, do you know. What I mean, it's not about who's the biggest supplier, who's the smallest supplier, but like you know, who can do the kit. You know, if we don't, mm-hmm. we, we all need to get through it together. Otherwise, it's never going to work. You know.
0: So, Matt, one thing, well, the last thing I want to touch on uh, with the Weenie Crew podcast is we always ask all our interviewees for what we're calling the Crew Hall of Fame, and this is someone that's either been really good to you through your time, or that you have a funny story about. I just generally like you think these people should have recognition in our industry is there anyone in particular that you would like to nominate for the Crew Hall of Fame
1: yeah uh, I want to nominate a guy called Mike Clegg mm-hmm. he's a he's a production manager and a good friend of mine yeah how you do know. you know Mike uh, just knowing from like you know being around in the industry he's like you know one of the good guys like super talented at what he does uh, you know he's kind of a bit of a mentor to me you know he's kind of you know done some amazing stuff and like kind of keeps like you know when you're having a bit of a shit day or you know you, you're a bit worried or you you know you need a budget to fit in or you know you need something to work you call mike <laughs> basically yeah. he's, a, he's a guy that sorts shit out you know so it's like you know if you're struggling with saying or you've got a design that you know you can't fit in an arena in 12 hours you give mike a call and make it happen <laughs>
0: sure so he's, he's in your little black book is like oh i need to call mike
1: yeah he's the emergency number mate so i mean if you get trouble you're like right Where's Mike at? You know, so, yeah, 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 fantastic. Good I guy, think we need good
0: guy. We need people like that in the industry, just that you can rely upon. But at the same time, yeah. just to be like, oh, you know, we know everyone, but do you know Mike?
1: Yeah, exactly. And just to like, you know, he's been, you know, he's been doing it a long time and, you know, sometimes you'll go through, like you say, you know, your ups and downs and like, you know, although, you know, we're doing some amazing stuff and, you know, you know, obviously, I'm, you know, privileged to be able to do that, you know, sometimes, you know, you also have crashing loads as well, you know, like anyone, you're an all person, you know, when you see things crumbling around you as well. So, you know, he's like that support network, you know, it's good to have that as well, you know, from someone who's been through that experience, you know, it's good.
0: Have you and Mike actually toured together?
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, he did some like um, some swede stuff for me. We had some like 24 uh, hour loading, like you know, so we'd split the loading stuff. So, like, I'd do mm. 12 hours and then sleep, and then he'd do the other 12 hours just like because we only had the arena for you know for that long to kind of load it in. Some of the shows are so big, it had to be a full 24 hour load in without a break. So, we yeah. kind of you know, you know, kind of like we did that, and he'd like you know, leap on we, if we did two shows back to back, he'd prep the stage ready for us to come rolling in, and you know, vice versa. I'd then leap for on to the next one. While he ran that one, so yeah, we've done we've done quite a lot of stuff together, you know. And he's like, you know, he's you know, he, he does a lot of really cool stuff as well.
0: He's, he's someone that's always gonna. He's someone that's always had your back, and he's always gonna have your back. And he's just one of those people that you can call upon when Hopefully. you're when you're struggling. Depends, yeah.
1: by, depends if I annoy him or not. I suppose, isn't it? You know what I mean, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think you're gonna be in his good books by nominating him. So I think you're all yeah,
1: right.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> well, Matt, it's been a, it's been a super interesting chat today. Just uh, to, okay. just to learn about how you've been doing things and other and, um, little stories and, and you know intricacies that you do is super interesting and just to find out how other people are acting in our industry right now through it all I think it's just it just does wonders for everybody else and just to hear that experience is just really really great
1: yeah no look I really appreciate it it's like you know it's been wicked to you know be part of it And thank you so much for uh for you know for getting me involved it's been wicked <laughs>
0: all right thanks Matt and we'll speak to you soon
1: take care thanks mate mate.
0: thanks for listening to the weenie crew podcast i have been your host scott howarth make sure you subscribe to our podcast we're going to be releasing new content all the time but until then please check out weeniecrew.co.uk